0: Because you can't hang. No, no literally, <laughs> I can't. I gotta go home. It's and... late. Yeah. I, I agree. Like I a whole for... family and
1: like responsibilities and shit. I know. Oh, I dude, know. I find not had... us over here planning to move to Colorado
2: spontaneously. Did you just hit the record button? Yeah. Okay, cool. Never mind. I won't talk about my job. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yes. Good catch. I had I had corporate in my store the other day. And um, uh, um. one of them was in the back room and my laptop was back there. Cause I bring it in for work related stuff too, mm-hmm. but it has, it has one of our stickers on the, on the corner of my laptop. And I went back there and one of my bosses was at the table and I like looked at her and the laptop was right next to her with the logo facing her. And I'm like, please don't Google it. Please don't Google it. Please don't Google it. Why? <laughs> As if every, hey, listen, as if every
1: white 20-something-year-old store manager that they have doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> uh,
2: fair. That's fair. Or a Twitch. Like I'm like the only dude in my company. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's not a bad sign. No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's actually, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's a good company, it seems like. They're very diverse. Just across the board.
1: We'll see how that
0: goes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Wait a second. Did he just lose a leg? He did. Oh, God.
1: It's okay. He's made out of goo.
0: Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Boo's made out of goo? There we go. Yeah, well, kind of.
1: It's just the little joint thing pops up. So, it's boo goo. He's bubblegum, literally.
2: Seriously? I mean, he's
1: literally a... Look. God, anime is weird. Do you know what... (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) They don't describe what he is, but if I show you his original form in the anime... This mm-hmm. is, lore-wise, this is his original form, but it's the last one you see. It's his true form. It's his, like, true form or whatever. This is what you see first. It's just a literal gumball man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. <laughs> and he has literally the powers of a cosmic genie.
2: Like, you, he, they, he's unkillable, literally. And we, we've told you before, there's there's Bibbidi, and then there's Bobity and, and he's Boo. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I close. love Japan so much.
1: It's It's... Dude, Fast and Furious, I'll die. I'll die about it. I'll die on that. You, have you really? seen the newest one where they go no, to space? I, I have not. I have yeah. not. I've seen up until uh, Letty comes back for like two movies, and then that's where I
0: ended off. You know At where 10. I ended off? Hmm? The Fast and the Furious. God damn. That's the last movie I dude, saw. Dude, I
1: unironically fucking love Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo <sighs> Drift. Well, I Tokyo, Dr- that Tokyo Drift is a classic, though. Like People hate that movie.
0: <laughs> what? I
1: fucking love Tokyo Drift, dude. The cars and the drifting, too cool. (laughs) Do you know what the Fast and the Furious is to me, literally? It's literally cars, but it's like X-Men, but cars. Yeah. Yeah, And I fucking love the X-Men movies, too, and they're just as bad. Some of them are great, some of them are bad, but that's how franchises work, and I fucking love both of those franchises. They're great. I love
2: them. How Uh, do I steer this conversation
1: towards music? I mean, just like that.
0: They have a banger soundtrack. Speaking of music... Have you heard (laughs) the (laughs)
1: fucking X-Men theme song from the 90s? (laughs) Yeah,
0: they actually play that (laughs) in um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which if you haven't seen it, spoilers. I don't give a shit. The movie came out last year and it's on streaming. Um, Professor X shows up in 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 one of the alternate universes. And as he's writing, he's writing in that yellow thing that he uses in the cartoons. Uh And literally the music plays from... The X-Men theme.
1: All right, Marvel, you got me again. I guess I got to watch the fucking shit now.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of music, uh, welcome, everybody, to to, uh, Corner Cafe Gossip.
1: Patrons, look out for the Ghost Strokes uh, post-mortem
0: tour coming soon.
1: Yes. uh, Everywhere near
0: you. Yes. More on that at another time. Uh, Decided today that... uh, Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> More on that. <laughs> than, um today, I decided that we're going to do uh, a few music urban legends. I love those. I had to amend that because when I told my son that we were doing musical urban legends, he's like, "I don't want to. F- I want to listen to that musical." What is this? I was like, "Music." He goes, "Oh, okay." So what we're going to do is we're going to. I got
1: you are a theater. Yeah, and he, did, and he did do a theater a bunch.
0: Yeah, yeah a couple times. Uh, so what we're going to do? We're going to look at uh, some legends. <laughs> Don about... is physically
2: a theater. Yes, <laughs> I am a theater. Thank you for making me feel fat. If, if you say if you say good luck instead of break a leg, you have to get up and run around Don three times. Yes.
0: <laughs> but uh, what I thought we would do today is kind of go through uh, some urban legends around some songs, mm-hmm. and depending if we have enough time, we got one other urban legend that's not regarding a song. But uh, still, it it falls in the realm of music. So it's
1: today. Don I, I'm may I'm have so found the only way to make me not interrupt him. Much
2: is to get to the bonus thing. Yeah, it's yeah. No, dude, It's like I, a little treat at the end. For I'm me. like, I'm gonna sit here and shut the fuck up for this whole midweek because I'm so excited to get to the episode dude, that we're recording this week. That's don't, why don't, I, don't even say it. I'm so spoiled. excited. <laughs> that's spoiled. why I
1: didn't a minute ago because I was about to ask because I thought we were recording yeah. that, but then but we're we, not. We are. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're getting to that, and okay, I'm so okay. fucking
0: excited. Shit.
1: He's still going to interrupt me. How's this for a midweek, bitch? (laughs) Get excited about the
0: episode. Come on. He's still going to interrupt because I know the minute I say the names of the songs, he's going to sing them.
1: I have to. You can can talk through that. That's fine.
0: So the first song we're going to talk about is uh, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins.
1: (laughs) He was right. I did. I literally tried not to. Uh, Josh saw it in my face. I was literally like, no. Like... (laughs)
2: So um it's like the pie picking you up and carrying you away with the scent. <laughs> <laughs> so this
0: is this is it taken is. from the Treble Zine magazine. Um that's fun. Yeah. Uh so in 1981, Phil Collins released in the air tonight.
1: Also, we used to call magazine Zines, dude. Yeah. That's, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: the first big single of his solo career, and still perhaps his defining moment as a solo artist. It's gone triple platinum as a digital single. More than three decades after its release, which suggests that there are more Phil Collins defenders than naysayers in the crowd. The the article started talking about how he's like, a most people look down on him as like, Yacht Rock.
1: They do call him Yacht Rock, but what's wrong with Yacht Rock? There's nothing.
0: I love Yacht Rock. If you're
1: on a rock, uh, excuse me, if you're on a yacht listening to some rock, dude, that's fine.
0: So part of what makes in the air tonight a sensation is something that we all know to be true. It's an absolute banger of a signal. It's a banger, dude. It's, it's wh- a bop. What, dude. what did I say as soon as you said the name? I said <laughs> Yep. It's uh, a fucking bop, dude. <laughs> All moody, minimal synth, and big reverb heavy production. It sounds like the 80s,
1: man. Yeah.
0: And then at the three minute 42nd mark, Phil Collins does what he does best, pounds the fuck and out of the And then he makes the 90s <laughs> known, dude. Yes. Yeah. Um. So but in the other the other reason that made in the air tonight legendary was a literal legend one that finds collins playing a silent-ish witness to a drowning victim
1: oh dude i oh, always this. thought it was uh, jack the ripper
0: Mm-mm. no so the story goes number collins different is ways. jack the ripper yes. no no no
1: my my family we thought that the song was like an analog to like wow. he was Jack the that's Ripper. A, that's a or... neat family theory. That is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Something to do with
0: Jack the Ripper. You like were he destined was a for this show.
1: Dude, yeah, man.
0: <laughs> so the story goes a number of different ways. In one version, an inebriated Collins watches from afar as another man watches someone drown. I and, can feel it. In another, he's in a boat with another person die. during a downpour when it capsizes, and oh, though he the, swims oh, ashore oh. while a random onlooker watches without offering help, his companion ends up succumbing to the current there's another where collins takes revenge on a man who raped his wife though that seems to be the result of a particularly bad telephone game connection and in many versions of the story the person responsible for letting the man drown is invited to a phil collins concert
1: well i've been waiting yeah. for this moment for all my life
0: and during a climactic moment oh, Lord. has the spotlight shown on him in a dramatic accusatory fashion
2: that's fun. That's yeah. just fun.
0: So, what's the evidence of this tragic incident?
2: Well, I remember.
0: <laughs> well, the song itself, uh, Phil wouldn't lie. Uh, Phil wouldn't lie to you, would he? I
1: remember. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Phil would probably yeah. lie.
0: The first line of the first verse goes, "If you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand." And he soon follows us up with, "Well, I was there and I saw what you did." I saw it with my own two eyes. I
2: saw it with my own two eyes. <laughs> we're, we're copyrighted already. Oh, oh yeah. Fully.
0: <laughs> Only that never actually literally happened. No, Phil... Hold on, sorry. I
1: stood up for a second. <laughs> Phil Collins knows that we all loved Tarzan. He <laughs> knows we can't
0: help it. Uh, not the Phil capsized... Phil Collins is way cooler than Billy Mitchell, Phil. <laughs> not the capsized boat. Not the mustache-turtling villainy. None of it. In fact... A song about Collins. It is, in fact, a song about Collins' divorce from his first wife. A song oh, written. The hurt
1: doesn't show. <laughs> the pain still grows. <laughs> it's no stranger to you and me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a song written, quote unquote, obviously in anger, as he's said. And yeah, it's pretty angry. Suggestion mm. you'd watch your it's ex. It's literally, uh, you know what? Fine, let's get divorced, but I wouldn't piss you. I wouldn't piss on you to put you out <laughs> right i mean suggesting that you would watch your ex-wife drown without lending a hand isn't the kind of thing you say when all's well in the homestead
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't,
1: no I don't way. know yeah,
2: you've never heard the way cat and i interact when no one else is around
0: <laughs> but that's all it is a very bitter person working through some stuff trying to figure out how the bottom fell out of his marriage and then making a hit single out of it how it grew to become I'm going to smother
1: you in your sleep tonight. <laughs>
0: <Thanks>. <laughs> How it grew to become such a, a prominent urban legend is harder. It's a harder question to answer other than perhaps people take lyrics too literally sometimes. Oh no. <laughs> and the part about confronting the guy during a concert, well according to snopes.com that literally came about as a result of some of the lighting displays during Collins' shows in the 80s. Really? Re- hmm It's remarkable just how widespread the legend is, though. And the Snopes page list. Yeah, dude,
1: concerts in the 80s, it doesn't matter who it was, but constantly. if Once
0: you reach a certain level in the 80s,
1: constantly you get complaints and people like rushing the stage because they're mad and shit. <laughs> yeah. like It's
0: wild. Well, from what I read, the way the lighting was, during that song, there was only, all the lights were gone except for a spotlight on Phil Collins, uh-huh. and then there was a spotlight that kind of went around the audience like it was searching. Right. And so that's where people got the idea that the spotlight landed on one person. Okay,
2: that makes sense. But what
0: I love is nobody bothers to sit there and go, okay, he saw this man let another person drown. Did he go up and say, hey, I'm Phil Collins. You want tickets to my concert? How did he find out who this guy was in order to get tickets to the Phil Collins I mean, it's a nonsense.
2: It's it's no stranger to you and me. That's true. We also haven't talked about how this song gets referenced in uh, Stan by Mm -hmm. Eminem. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
1: that that's what I was getting yeah. at it, when I said I wouldn't piss on fire to put you out. I was mm-hmm. gonna literally say it's like literally Eminem made this song, but more angry later.
0: Yeah,
2: and then and then had Dido in the song. Yeah, that was weird. No, was no, no, you're weird. thinking of
0: no. Stan. No, it's, it's Dido. Ta- yeah, yeah about, Stan.
1: You're talking about Superman.
0: No,
2: no.
1: Stan is the one. Oh, you're talking about the crazy fan. I yeah, thought you yeah, were yeah. talking about the uh, the breakup song. No, you're no, no, Kim. no, no, no. Yeah, no, Kim. No, no. I'm not thinking no? about Kim. Kim is Kim is the breakup song, yes. But
2: Welcome to our Eminem <sighs> fan cast. <laughs> Eminem's the goat. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but also
1: Um well, I'm talking about the, the song Superman. It's literally about him after the breakup, like going to clubs and shit and all oh, the women. You know
2: what I'm yeah. talking about? No, no, no. I was, I was thinking of the part where Stan in yeah, Stan yeah, yeah. says, you like, know that
0: song by Phil Collins in the air of the night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah.
2: guy could have saved that other guy from drowning, but didn't. This kind of like that.
0: You could have saved me from drowning.
2: Um, I do like Eminem. Yeah. Eminem is
1: so good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem was doing a Joiner Lucas before Joiner Lucas ever
0: uh, Lucas. Yeah, My son, the other day, we were talking about Eminem, and he's like, nobody talks about Eminem anymore. It's like, what the fuck
2: are you talking what about? What do you mean, kid? <laughs> no, guys, guys, guys. He's right. We're old.
0: Yeah, it's true. But, no, oh, he just I guess young people American, don't talk about it. Or young people, it? young people don't talk about Eminem Music to murder No, the well,
2: also his most recent albums Songs were not to get murdered to. great. Something like that.
0: Yeah, his
1: most music recent... to get murdered to. Yeah, because it's it's a reference to the Al- Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, music <sighs> from the movies.
2: He he had some he had some real duds on his most. He
1: recent He did, albums.
0: but even some of the duds still had like
1: uh... no
2: no.
1: You're thinking of the most recent albums that you've listened to. The most recent albums that he's put out, like since the MGK thing, he has only released
2: bangers. Oh, okay. I guess I guess I am a little behind yeah. on the Eminem. You're probably discovery. stopped with like music relapse to get murdered by is like no, the, no, no. One of the hardest albums of the, that the, year. The 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 album that had the the picture of the plane, I think, on there. Th- that
1: one uh. was like one where he started doing bangers again. That was there, that was like there the were still a couple
2: one. of little duds on.
1: That was the transitional on the one, and then right after that, like literally, I I'll haven't say, heard the next one after that. I'll say that I don't call Eminem songs duds except for me. Specifically, because, you know, he is a controversial artist. People, that's if you like true. him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. And even if you do like him, some of his shit is not for you. Like, fine. I mean, sure. o- old, old
2: Eminem is fucking problematic, too. Old so Eminem, uh, yeah. I'm
0: problematic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so is, old, Eminem is a
0: couple kind of old also, Bo Burnham songs, mm-hmm. ironically enough.
2: But still.
1: Anyway, it's just, he's fire. He's just fire. I just got to say, he's fucking fire.
0: Well, that's pretty much the, that story. Uh, there's not much more to say. Um, it's not real.
2: That's, wow. Yeah. No way.
0: <laughs> Phil Collins didn't
2: see a man drown and then fight his
1: murderer at the show. What? <laughs> I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. All right. I this the treat so bad and I'm not doing well. <laughs> I'm not doing well in this department
0: right now. So um, this this article also comes from TroubleZine.com. Uh, and we're going to talk about the Ohio players' love roller coaster. Oh, buddy, <laughs> I love that song. I know. Go ahead.
1: Roller coaster
0: <laughs> of love. <laughs> Say what?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the article says, I can only imagine what would have happened if the Ohio players' love roller coaster was released after the advent of the internet. Reddit would have had a field day with it. Podcasters.
1: Love roller coaster, right?
0: <laughs> Podcasters would sleuth the hell out of it. God only knows what kind of rumors and disinformation would spread once it got around. You're reading about its history strange history on a website right now. Then again, maybe nothing would have happened at all. Back in nineteen seventy five when the Ohio players it's just w- so fucking groovy. It is.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: When the oh, Ohio shit. players released Love <laughs> Roller Coaster featured on their album Honey. Myths- You've chosen
1: such a good topic for me today, Don. I, don't I needed That's this why we so badly.
0: That's why we waited. Myths had legs uh, because you couldn't simply debunk something instantly by looking it up on your phone. You had to live with the mystery, maybe deduce via Occam's razor that the outlandish rumor you heard about some famous musician that they had to find some creative new way to take drugs internally.
2: That's my favorite razor.
0: I know or that they underwent surgery to better facili- facilitate facilitate <laughs> autophalacio. <fellatio. laughs> <laughs> yep. Probably wasn't true. Maybe. That's a Manson. Probably could <laughs> One happen the two. But then again, uh, maybe Hey also.
1: It I was thinking about this the other day actually. I don't know why. I saw like a video that mentioned it or something and I was just thinking about it like there are people in this world called contortionists. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Who can just do shit like that?
0: Yeah.
2: Because
1: of practice, you ever watch America's Got
2: Talent? There's five every season,
1: dude. (laughs) It's it's really if listen if you really get into it, you can force your body to be that flexible after years and years of training and a little bit of natural double jointedness. But like, it's possible for some people without the use of surgery. (laughs) And also, even if you did remove the rib, there's other shit in the way. I Your spine is not supposed to bend like that.
0: <laughs> so Love Rollercoaster became the subject of a particularly ghoulish rumor upon its release that someone was murdered in the adjacent studio where they were recording the song or I al- believe it, it alternate- was the 70s dude. Uh, Alternatively, that's right. I do know this one. That someone was simply very badly burned while they were recording. But depending on which version of the rumor you've heard, something very bad happened during the session and that very bad thing might have been the best thing that could have happened to the song.
2: So this is about the scream. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not how studios were. That is exactly the, the opposite, opposite of, of how, how studios, studios work. work. They did the they
1: they literally had to do that on purpose. Mm. Yeah.
0: So it all stems from a scream. In the middle of the track, at 1 minute 24 seconds on the single edit, or 2 minutes 32 seconds of the album version, someone lets out a scream. It's not a piercing scream. In fact, it's pretty low in the mix. You would almost wouldn't notice it at first listen if you weren't paying close attention. And that makes all the difference. Were a singer to just let out a shriek in the middle of a song, we might think nothing of it but take that shriek and muffle it and turn the volume down and bury it a little deeper. You
2: mean as if it were coming from somebody on a roller coaster
0: that's a ways away? Roller coaster
2: (laughs) of love.
0: And what happens is it begins to sound a little bit like something that maybe wasn't intended to be caught on tape. Just maybe. Now, a scream is just a scream. (laughs) And by 1975, there were plenty of screams on records. But something about this one just seemed peculiar enough to start a rumor mill turning. Per the legend that arose from the scream, the details and mechanics of the Love Roller Coaster murder varies from unreliable source to unreliable source. Which roller coaster do you think Love Roller coaster is?
2: Uh the Superman at uh Six Flags. See, over I was gonna Georgia. say Thunder Mountain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just decided to pick like a really specific one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the fucking dueling dragons
1: at Universal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those don't exist anymore. Fuck Wait, what really? That's what Hagrid's motorcycle ride replaced. What? That whole area now is for Hagrid's magical... That's, I'm
1: old enough that that's blasphemous. I know.
0: Okay, no, we have to be good. I don't
1: even like roller coasters. We have to be good, We Ruben. have
0: to be good. <laughs> Why are we being... I'm, I'm lost. Because we got to get to the bonus thing. The bonus thing. We keep forgetting. What bonus thing? You said you, you said had there another
2: was an one that legend, we could do at the end. Perhaps. perhaps. If we were, oh,
0: possible. Gotcha. If we were okay. good boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking... Uh, never mind. So we want the treat, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the murders vary from one. Okay, but the most common version of the sto- of the story is that someone was killed inside the studio, in an adjoining room, or possibly the control room, or perhaps just a neighboring apartment. Again,
1: seventies. I will believe that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's that's when like
0: most murders so happened. <laughs> the, the, truly the victim might have been someone's girlfriend or possibly a cleaning woman. So, just run the gamut. Actually, when was this? So, there are other... 75. So, there are other variations of this legend. Like, for instance, Esther Cordette, the model who posed nude on the album cover, was caught on tape being badly burned by a hot batch of honey, or that the scream was actually pre-recorded from an unrelated event, like a 911 call, and the band merely sampled it.
2: So,
1: hot batch of honey sounds like a candle wax situation to me.
2: (laughs) It it also sounds like a sick album title. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, it does, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, A Hot Batch of Honey would have been
1: a great album. Or a porn.
2: (laughs) I mean... Starring a a woman whose porn name is Honey.
1: That... (laughs)
2: Fair. <laughs> sad <none of> these, <laughs> about it but you're right <laughs> uh
0: none of these is written none of these is really a mo- any more unbelievable than the original story and there's a reason it's captivating there isn't a person among us that just won't get drawn into a good murder mystery every now and then
2: oh that's what makes <laughs> mu- us money that's how yeah. we yep uh
0: love roller coaster
2: patreon.com ttopod
0: <laughs> love roller coaster no, two towns over fuck yeah, uh, would have been a hit regardless. It reached number one on the billboard in January of 1976, and its undeniably catchy groove has everything to do with it. It's undeniably very good. Exactly. I correct.
1: literally, it's like literally there's only four words. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, like, it's, but it's in there. It's in my head, and it's, I'm grooving right now,
0: dude. The truth, however, is far more mundane. Nobody murdered anyone while the Ohio Players were in the studio that day, and it certainly didn't get caught on tape. The owner of that muffled scream is, in fact, Ohio Players keyboardist Billy Beck. He simply added a bit more flavor to the track via some joyful noise. It should be noted that there are a number of other yelps and screams from other members of the band before that happens. Mm -hmm. A bit of context that might have prevented the viral spread of the story were it not for some overzealous... It sounds like
1: a fucking block party, dude. The (laughs) song sounds like a block party. Yes.
0: Um, So the Ohio Players, for their part, didn't bother correcting anyone at least for a little while. Yeah, we're no, too busy. that's
1: publicity. They were too busy probably doing cocaine and grooving. <laughs> oh, dude. yeah, for sure.
0: So no, Love Roller Coaster isn't a forensic file or a cold case or even really that plausible of a legend. In hindsight, there's something sort of quaint about it, about the fact that a pretty easy-to-explain vocal, vocal screech um, turned into such a widespread urban legend, though it certainly supports the case that most of us can't get enough of a good, creepy story. <laughs>
2: I love how you said the truth is more mundane, and that's actually, like, the entire concept of our podcast. Yeah. And I can't believe that uh, people are so entertained by us taking these, like, really cool, interesting stories and then being like, actually, that's not true. Life is more boring than that. I have a qu- <laughs> I actually have a counter-argument uh, based on... Do you, you guys know about
1: the Vlogbrothers, no. Hank and John Green? No. Okay. Wait, I know Hank Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He and his brother John... Way back in, like, before YouTube had ads. Oh, God. Yeah. They started a channel called Vlog Brothers, and it was just a, a, a challenge that they had done with each other. They were... Oh, God. It was long ago. Let me try to remember. This is important enough that I need to remember. Hold on. It was really cool. So, it was two brothers who were on, like, different parts of the country, and they decided that they were not feeling as connected, I guess, if I remember correctly, and they said that they were not going to do any, like, textual communication. No writing of letters, text messages, emails, none of that shit. They were only going to talk, like, on the phone and, like, like, via vlog. Yeah. And so they would switch off videos, and it was, like, two or three videos a week, depending, and it was, like, every other day, it was, like, Yeah, it was like every other day. Be a great way to start an
2: ARG, and oh, I am certain someone has. Oh, well, I mean, there is like Ash vlogs, gotta be.
1: But they, uh, I remember one of the videos during like the part of the part of their channel that kind of evolved into a whole new thing. It was like DFTBA, don't forget to be awesome, became a thing during this period of time, and it was John Green. Talking about truth, and I don't remember exactly the context, but he said something so profound. He said, The truth resists simplicity. Yeah. So the objective truth resists simplicity, as in, like.
2: Ironically, that's objectively true.
1: Right. (laughs) Like, so you're never going to be able to explain complex profound truths to people succinctly right and anything that claims to do that is a lie even if unintentional basically yeah. this is what i have taken away from it at this point not what he was talking about in the video just the quote tr- yeah the truth resists simplicity i think in a similar way our podcasts credo would and also it was ironically like the truth resists simplicity is such a profoundly true statement and it's so simple and it is so succinct yeah but that's what he was talking about contrast between those two things i think that what we are doing is not telling people that life is more boring than
2: they think it is yeah i think oh, what no, we are I, saying i was is being that, a, a little shit about it well I, <laughs>
1: but I just think this is an interesting thing that we are actually here to make people say and i know and, and i hopefully you know Despite my attitude, I hope that people don't think that I am disrespecting them for the viewpoints that, that I am, you know, dismissing out of hand Sometimes on my podcast. I, am, though. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a flat earther or a racist <laughs> Um or, you know, a bigot of some kind, then you can go fuck yourself. But you know, Yes, it's fun to think about ghosts and things. I I often as a and d player talk about the dice gods and me and Josh are in the cult of the long boy and the
2: fat boy respectively for Yeah, well they're they're both part of a pantheon. It's, it's you know,
1: <laughs> it's a thing. But like we may explain that one day. Probably not. No. Um
2: I won't. I refuse to.
1: I mean such is his will. But
2: couldn't see it, but I gave a I gave a very distinct nod of yes uh, yeah. to that, yeah.
1: Our podcast is here to tell people like
2: while it is fun to think of these supernatural
1: things life is more complicated and exciting in a bad way and sometimes in a really fun way than you think it is
2: life is yeah. both better and harder than you think it is i, I, ga- I gave another nod of like <laughs> a very very distinct nod of yes yes do the next one, Don, so we can get to the extra special bonus one. So, I, don't, I don't want to do it again, but life is better
1: than we think, is what yeah. I'm saying. Like.
0: So the next song is about the mean, or the next song, the next story is about the meaning behind the song Fire and Rain.
1: Don hit me with a sideways one. I don't know if I know that one.
0: You don't know Fire and, oh, I've like, seen Fire ah, and i Yeah, seen okay, yeah. I do know that one. So, uh, this is taken from...
1: I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. Yeah. A song ironically <laughs> talking about the very phenomenon that I was just talking about. Stop so, and smell the roses, but sometimes the roses smell like ass. This is my point. Sometimes they really do.
0: So, um, this song, everybody, if you, if you know any kind of uh, yacht rock, just you know James Taylor. morning. Yeah. So, Fire <laughs> and Rain was written by James Taylor. And is one of 70, uh, who was one of 1970's premier singer songwriters. Now, the song's mournful lyrics of loss and redemption were enigmatic to many listeners, prompting one of music's most enduring quote unquote, what is this song about? urban legends.
1: I've seen lonely times so, I could not find a friend.
0: So, some listeners tried to make sense of the words by reading literal meaning into them. And Taylor's again. audience collectively developed an autobiographical storyline for his Fire and Rain lyrics.
2: Damn, I can't believe we're not doing White Rabbit. Thought
0: we I'd can do visit this again. These are just three I picked. Yeah, okay, for, for sure. No, we're, we're coming back to White about Rabbit.
1: The, um, the weird- Jefferson ass... Airplane. Nope, never
0: mind. <laughs> So the real story, this is the legend. The real story behind Fire and Rain is I understand it.
1: I thought you were talking about the acid song where it's like Yeah This one maybe yeah, uh-huh. That's that's that, that one Yeah, that's
2: Jefferson yeah. Airplane or Jefferson Starship, which I was at that point. Airplane? Jefferson yeah,
0: air, they were airplane first, they became Starship later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 'Cause because that's where
1: they started getting higher. I yeah. like that song, <laughs> but that song is weird as fuck. Yeah.
0: So the real story behind Fire and Rain, as I understand it, is that some friends of James Taylor was going to surprise James by bringing his girlfriend, Suzanne, to one of his concerts, unbeknownst to James. According to the story, Suzanne's plane crashed, which is represented in the line Sweet Dreams and Flying Machines and Pieces on the Ground, on her way to see the concert and died. So the line the, Suzanne, the plans they made, put an end to you. Yeah, I was uh-huh. just
1: gonna say the very first because li- I've looked up the lyrics just in case Don references them because yeah. my brain isn't good at lyrics. But except um, to Phil Collins songs, well,
2: uh, you knew all of those. But <laughs> that's like a
1: childhood memory. <laughs> I know, thing. I know. That's like a that's a sense memory. Again, I'm just yeah. being a. Stinker. Those drums but
0: automatically bring you back yeah, to wherever yes. you were.
1: But like uh, it's the first lyrics are just yesterday morning. They let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. Yeah. That does very much put me in mind of a man mourning like his dead wife or something.
2: Oh, shit. 100%. Yeah. So
0: in this fan-based interpretation, Suzanne, the girl who was now gone, had been Taylor's girlfriend. They were frequently separated as he traveled on tour, but they kept in close touch, spending hours of time on the telephone line, which is another line from the song, Mm -hmm. and talking about good, quote-unquote, things to come. You remember when telephone line made sense? Yeah. Yeah, Holy shit. When Taylor finally established himself as a musician. Now, seeing how disconsolate Taylor was about being away from his... Disconsolate. Disconsolate. Taylor was at being away from his love, His friends arranged for Suzanne to fly out to meet them at his next tour stop. Suzanne joyfully accepted, but the flight carrying her to a reunion with her beloved crashed and she was killed. Both quote unquote flying machine and Taylor's sweet dreams were now in pieces on the ground. And he had he lost the seen woman fire he,
1: yeah. and, he seen rain. and he
0: had lost the woman he always thought he'd see
1: again.
0: although James Taylor's song is indeed autobiographical,
1: times when it
0: friend. doesn't match the heart-wrenching <laughs> storyline of the popular legend. Always that he'd see By the time "Fire and Rain" established Taylor as an international pop star at the tender age of 22, he'd experienced. plenty... Damn,
1: that's he was 22 when he wrote that yeah listen Holy i shit. i i am only, i'm barely 30 soon <laughs> and like I gotta say, I don't really respect people who are younger than me
2: already, (laughs) right? (laughs) And like, I mean, I do. I treat them with respect and def. Like, Uh, do you know how regularly I feel like shaking my fist at people who are younger than me, bro? It's often. (laughs) Like, I just sometimes y'all do shit that makes me think of the shit
1: that I did, and then I remember how stupid it was that I did that thing, and then I just feel fucking angry, and then I (laughs) (laughs) and, and like, but sometimes, occasionally, Oda happens. Or th- fucking James Taylor, apparently, with his old-ass name. Where they become <laughs> profound as shit at Bro, like this the song, tender age of 22. If I'm in the wrong mood, this song will make me weep. <laughs> like, like It's so melancholy. Wow. Hey.
0: So, uh, although James Taylor's song is indeed a... Yeah, I read that. Uh, he'd experienced plenty of psychological and physical pain upon which he could draw in crafting his lyrics. He'd I mean, already same. had a long history of depression and substance abuse... Fucking same, dude. ...for which he'd been hospitalized several times.
1: Dude, same.
0: And he'd spent quite a few, quite a while recuperating from a near-fatal motorcycle accident, which had broken both his hands and feet and prevented him from picking up a guitar for several months.
2: Damn,
1: damn.
0: All of this was fodder for his songwriting. As he explained in a 1972 interview with Rolling Stone...
1: Maybe he literally saw fire and actually rained. Yeah. Right. Like...
0: Um, <laughs> like... So this is him, quote, you know, him saying, "Fire and Rain" has three verses. The first verse is about my reactions to the death of a friend. The second verse is about my arrival in this country with a monkey on my back. And there, and that's a reference
1: to drug use for anyone who's younger than about, I don't know, fucking (laughs) thirty.
0: And there, Jesus is an expression of my desperation in trying to get through the time when my body was aching and the time was at hand when I had to do it. And my body is aching. And, and the third verse is
1: at hand.
0: And the third verse of that song refers to my recuperation in Austin Riggs, which lasted about five months. Now, the Suzanne mentioned in the lyrics to Fire and Rain wasn't Taylor's girlfriend or fiancé, but whether, rather an acquaintance whom he had met as a teenager in New York in 1966 or 67, performing with friends Danny Korchmar and Joel O'Brien and a, as part of a group called The Flying Machine. As quoted in Timothy White's biography of him, Taylor said that, I knew Suzanne well in New York, and we used to hang out together, and we used to get high together. I think she came from Long Island. She was a kid like all of us. A few years later, after Taylor had decamped to London and was finishing up his debut album for the Beatles, or for the Beatles' Apple Records label, he found out that Suzanne had committed suicide several months earlier.
1: Oh, yeah. Apple Records was a thing well before Apple Mm -hmm. was a
0: thing. And actually, James Taylor was the first artist signed to the Beatles' Apple records label. Wow. Oh. Yep. And
2: when Apple technology... Yeah, everybody... Actually, they, I don't think they took it directly from that, because no. Steve Jobs just really liked fruit. That's why he went no. with Apple, but they were afraid that uh, if they went with Apple, they might get sued mm. at first, but...
1: I don't know if... Well, copyright law is dense enough to cover that, but fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if they were the first band to do this, but they were definitely one of the most influential bands to do this. Um, they were the first rap group. That they they're not a rap group at all. That's just for me. But <clears throat> the, the Beatles was literally the first group that like started a
2: record label.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah.
1: like rappers do that shit all the time
2: now. Yeah. That's like the goal. Like one of, one of my favorite rappers, Spose, has uh, preposterously There's dank. So many out there. Fucking death death row.
1: Yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, uh, disturbing the peace with Ludacris. all you know, just a bunch of them. Fucking uh, what's the one with J Cole Dreamville? Yeah, like, is one of them. Kendrick is is on death row now, but anyway, there's like tons of them out there. Fucking death they all Ray have them.
0: Was the label that pays me?
1: Yeah, but it's it's crazy <laughs> to me that the Beatles did that shit way back in like the '60s
0: and early '70s. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the first verse was about and a friend it made of his. Them Astronomically rich. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time Taylor left London for the United States at the end of 68, he was battling a heroin addiction for which he was hospitalized in Manhattan. That's what the monkey means. Shortly after his return, he then committed himself to Austin Riggs, which is a private psychiatric facility in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. It was during his Manhattan hospital stay that he formed the song's second verse, with its pleas to Jesus to look down upon him and help him make a stand against the ravages of drug addiction. Earlier, during his senior year in high school, Taylor had entered McLean Hospital in Belmont, Massachusetts, where he spent several months being treated for depression. After leaving the facility, he traveled to New York and hooked up with his childhood friend, Danny Korchmer, where they formed the aforementioned group, The Flying Machine, a venture that ended badly for Taylor, both professionally and personally. The third and fourth verses of Fire and Rain finished off during Taylor's months at Austin Riggs mustered his feelings about his life in and around his hospital stays as he struggled with depression, strove against heroin addiction, and experienced the disappointment of a bad ending in his fledgling musical career. Thus, the illusion of the song's final line about sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground is not merely an indirect reference to shattered ambitions and ruined lives, but a slide direct reference to the previous professional failure. Now, although James Taylor's eponymous debut album was not a tremendous commercial success, he successfully overcame his personal issues, uh, with which he has been grappling. He had been grappling to leave Apple Records, sign with Warner Brothers, and record an album called Sweet Baby James. That propelled by the success of the second single Fire and Rain, reached a lofty number three position on the Billboard charts in 1970. Nice. What's the bonus one? <laughs> I just, I, that song is really good. It is. All yeah, three especially to have
1: been written
2: by great. a 22-year-old. Yeah.
0: So the last story has nothing to do about the meaning of the song. It's just kind of a fun little And I'm not coda. saying,
1: because like, I mean, the listeners have heard about my life. I acknowledge lives can be
2: hard well before the age of 22 oh, yes.
1: or whatever. But like. I not mean, everybody
2: becomes profound because right, of
1: it. It's like, it's not even that. It's just that I just feel like. The by twenty two, especially like in the sixties and seventies, like you usually you don't have the. I guess you could call it wisdom. I'm not sure if that's the right word. That's a good word for it. But it's like you don't have the ability to put it into context with like by like you. But when you're young, you still don't really realize that other people are people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like you You know they are. You don't quite have the best developed sense of empathy
1: right yeah. and like what and also you don't really have the ability to introspect the way that an old person does yeah like i don't have the ability to introspect like don or my parents and lots so on of, and lots so of so psychedelics
2: forth. taught me that at a young age isolation did that for me yeah well but like isolation and psychedelics. also therapy therapy helps yeah. in mm-hmm. this but like i don't
1: know it's just you, you even looking back on the profound shit that I knew when I was 22, I wouldn't have been able to put it down right, and communicate no, it. I tried. That's what I mean. It's like you can have the thoughts and feelings, you just, it's communicating it well, artfully, is something that usually takes skill along with the talent. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's just rare for a young person to have both of those things that young. I don't mm-hmm.
0: know. Well, when you think about the Beatles... When the Beatles broke up, John Lennon was twenty nine years old. Yeah. So all the stuff that you think of the Beatles, they did that in their twenties.
1: Yeah, but I don't really regard the Beatles as profound until much later
2: in their career. But that still happened in their twenties. Yeah, they were still in their
0: twenties, even later in their when they wrote Sergeant Pepper, they John Lennon was twenty six years old.
2: Do you think Sergeant Pepper is profound?
0: Uh, there is some profoundness to it, yeah.
1: Sure. I mean you can pull shit from whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying like it's
0: it was definitely profound to
2: me when I was doing all those
1: psychedelics that I was just talking
0: about. <laughs> all right, about. let's get to the bonus story. <laughs> it's fine, it's
2: fine. But
1: I just mean it is still rare though, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, people talk about the Beatles being pop and they were pop and all pop stars are young, some of them have profound songs, but
2: like I don't know, do it's you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting in the wind? <laughs> yeah, what's the bonus one? <laughs> There's
1: no
0: doubt that Alice Cooper is- You're
1: gonna hear me roar. (laughs) That's
0: it, we're not doing it. Fuck! (laughs) We weren't good boys enough. Damn it! No, there's no doubt that Alice Cooper is one of the most influential musicians in rock history when it comes to horror imagery. Yeah, buddy. He's famous for his stagecraft and showmanship, which he has preserved throughout his career um, that spans over nearly six decades. He was also in that one Johnny Depp movie. Uh, oh, uh, dark shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. I fucking love that you movie. Know. That movie's yeah. great, right? Yeah, it's really good. I love that movie.
0: Furthermore, Cooper is often referred to as the Godfather of shock rock.
1: Shit, we should
0: do a movie tier. <laughs> it's, it's stretch goal.
2: It's coming. F- fuck, dude.
0: By numerous respectable music critics, that thanks to his raspy voice and extravagant stage performance, the school's out singer didn't earn this title without a reason. Since his life, school's trip- out for <laughs> summer. <laughs> He didn't earn this without Take a reason. back to
2: the Guitar Hero three days.
0: S- since yeah, the buddy. live show often includes... Uh, I saw
2: the
1: Offer
0: <laughs> Often includes numerous props such as electric chairs, fake blood, reptiles, baby dolls, and much more horror-related stage acts.
1: Fake blood, reptiles, and baby dolls. Great tour name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> These are the exact reasons why some fans and media tend to believe any crazy onstage story regarding Alice Cooper without questioning it first.
2: Oh, for sure.
1: This happened with Ozzy, mm-hmm. although yeah. Ozzy really did do some crazy, crazy yes. shit on stage.
0: So while it's widely known fact that the rocker isn't a conventional performer on stage, there were times when he was falsely accused of doing unbelievable things on stage, including when he made the headlines for biting the he- a chicken's head off on stage. That was Ozzy. Although other musicians bat. did similar things, bat such as when Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a bat on stage. There weren't many artists back then who killed an actual animal on stage.
2: Well, <clears> Ozzy <throat> didn't do it on bat. purpose. Yeah. No, no, no. The bat was already dead when yeah. the these two dudes like because they were like found rub- a dead bat yeah, or people something. People used to throw
0: rubber bats, and he would just put it in his mouth, and yeah. oh, that's what it was. They, yeah. they
2: brought a like rotting dead bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had always
1: heard just legend wise since we're talking about those that it was that he the rubber bat thing, people would uh-huh. throw rubber bats, but that he had like mistakenly caught a real bat out of the air
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just by mistake. I don't
0: this think bats that man.
2: like, hey, I see a bunch of other bats. Where are we going? He goes, Oh fuck. Yeah, basically like it got
1: confused by the lights or something and or whatever. I
0: honestly don't think Ozzy Osbourne had the eye hand coordination ever to catch a bat in midair. No. So according to many I, hey. It
1: does not take coordination to do something by mistake. Yeah, true. That's true.
0: So according to many resources back then, Alice Cooper's newly formed band got the opportunity to perform in the 1969 Toronto Rock and Roll Revival Festival. In the middle of their show, a member of the audience threw a chicken on stage, and Cooper bit the poor animal's head and drank its blood right there. Nope. Now, as the rocker himself expressed multiple times, this is not the actual story. What happened is that after of course a person... he wants
2: you to think, that see, way. what
0: ha- happened was <laughs> what ha- What really happened is that after a person threw the chicken on stage, he thought that the bird could fly since he had never been to a farm being somebody from Detroit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> City people
1: for real, though, don't know that chickens can't really fly.
0: Mm-hmm. So Cooper, th- as a reaction, Cooper threw the chicken back at the audience thinking it would fly off.
2: Oh. The chicken
0: obviously didn't fly, and throwing it to an already raging crowd wasn't exactly the best idea, since the audience instantly tore the chicken apart. The, chi- the chicken was the first person to ever get crowd killed. <laughs> and started to throw its pieces back on stage. The following day, the newspaper headlined the incident as if Alice Cooper oh bit the head, the God. chicken's head off on stage and drank its blood. Did
1: you just fucking... I can't.
2: Believe. <laughs> yes, I just made my best joke of all time.
0: Yeah. So, the real you story. You upstage me
2: on, on our own <laughs> podcast.
0: So, uh, this is the story as told by Alice Cooper himself. Somebody threw a chicken on stage. This was in Toronto, and I'm from Detroit. I've never been to a farm in my life, and I said, "It's a chicken. It's got wings. It'll fly."
1: That is how people think.
0: So I threw it back at the audience. I thought it was going to fly away. It went. It went at the audience and they tore it to pieces and threw the parts back on stage.
1: Chickens can just kind of jump real high. Next yeah, thing they, I knew. Like, kind of glide. Sort of, kind of glide.
0: Next thing I knew, it was Alice Cooper bites the head off a chicken and drinks its blood. That's what the paper <laughs> said the next day. I got a call from Frank Zappa and he says, Did you do that? And I said, No. And he said, Don't tell anybody that. They love it.
2: Yes. You know what, Frank Zappa? You were correct. Yes. <laughs> Frank Zappa, the marketing genius. Mm hmm.
0: And, yeah, so that became part of the... There's so many urban legends about Alice Cooper that he just doesn't debunk. He's just he like, He seems yeah, like a generous yeah, well, kind Frank, of a chill He is. He,
2: Frank Zappa told him not to debunk it, and he said, heard.
0: Yeah. But, like, people he, that he he got... Uh, he used to sleep in a coffin. Yeah. Uh, there was the story that Alice Cooper, they actually got the name... Because the band originally was called Alice Cooper. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was called the Alice Cooper Band. Yeah. And the real story is that he wanted... A name he wanted a female name that you could think of an old lady or a little girl in like pigtails, but she had a knife behind her back. So that's where they came up with Alice Cooper.
1: Damn, that's they did
0: good, yeah. But the story became that they were playing with a Ouija board and they contacted the spirit of a witch, and that witch's name was was Alice Cooper, yeah. It was Zozo. So, I mean, there's fuckers. a lot of urban legends. That Alice Cooper is just and like, And he has right. this mythos because
2: oh, yeah. of it. It is yeah. so good. So great. And I love like, the
1: shit like that. Like, every rock star from that era has a similar mythos. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, like, the coffin thing is so prevalent. It's, you know, I don't think you could have that without Satanic Panic being as prevalent oh, as it yeah. was at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah no, rock benefited Sa- from Satanic, Satanic Panic. Satanic Panic was a rock star's best My friend. My mom mm-hmm. was
1: into rock. And she literally credits the Satanic Panic for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we've had conversations where she's like, yeah, no, it was just like, as a rebellious teen, it, during the Satanic yeah. Panic in the 80s, like, th-
0: what else are you going to do? That's why I listen to rap. Right. Because yeah. my dad didn't. Like, <laughs> right. But one of the best marketing things they ever did. wouldn't.
1: It's, it's not even about rebelling either it's like i don't want to have the same tastes as my folks so i gotta have a different one right. yeah so that's why i listened to like emo music and rap
0: <laughs> like but the when they came out with the album schools out um, it was at that time that people started like protesting against them, calling them evil. Yeah, and they were going to England to perform in London. And Mary Whitehouse, she was like a big. That's another one
1: that makes me think of either an old lady or a little girl. Yeah, yeah.
0: She was like uh, little Mary. If you White could House, imagine yeah. like the '70s version of the PMRC, Tipper Gore, yeah. you know. Ironically, those woman...
1: names like you can't do it in the middle. Like I don't. There's not a young woman whose name is Mary Whitehouse. No. <laughs> There's an old librarian and a young girl with pigtails yes. and a dress.
0: But she was protesting the ban and wanted them to not be able to perform. Uh-huh. So they actually took a semi-truck and lined the, both sides of the semi-truck with a picture of Alice Cooper himself, naked except for a python in his crotch area, went to the middle of Piccadilly Circus in London into an intersection and, quote-unquote, broke the truck down. So the truck was stalled in Piccadilly Circus for hours that's... with this nude picture of Alice Cooper just showing for everybody to see. And that's what rock and roll is all exactly. about. That is what
1: rock and roll is all about. Yes. It's slightly different than metal, but yes. like
2: way more rock and roll though. Right. Yeah. Like, it's if you just you either know what it means or you don't.
1: It's like it's like You ever seen Project X, the movie about no. that Australian party? No. So there was okay.
0: Oh, it was the kid that like threw the like the ultimate party, the or fucking whatever. rager, and yeah. then he
1: didn't. He fully didn't apologize, and yeah, yeah. To, like on the news, he yeah. he
2: was like, no, no, yes. I'd do it again.
1: So they made a movie about that, but it was American Kids for America, and that's rock and roll. That interview yeah. at the end, that yes. specifically is rock and roll. Is like, no, I'd probably do it again. Be honest. If you want to throw, a, what what advice would you give to other teens that want to throw a party like this? Get me to do it for you. That's yeah. rock and roll.
0: But the most ironic thing about Alice Cooper is he is a devout Christian. I know, and yeah. he teaches Sunday school. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's dude. so fucking wholesome, dude. Yeah, I love him.
0: I mean, you expect to it's go It's like open- Marilyn
1: Manson is also wholesome as fuck like that, dude. Mm. Uh, I think Marilyn
2: Manson did some real sketchy yeah, he's sh- shit. Did he? Sketchy shit. Yeah. yeah,
1: Which one am I thinking of that's the creepy one, but he's not actually creepy? Uh, Other Rob Zombie. That's the one. Yeah, Rob Zombie's Rob a vegan. Zombie, Rob dude. Zombie's
0: a vegan. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I found that out recently. I was like, what? It, it's wild, dude. <laughs> the man who wrote Dracula. Yeah. Yes! <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, Rob Zombie got like huge shout outs on the internet because in in Dragula, he could have so easily used the word bitches mm-hmm. and he did not.
1: Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches yep. and in the back of my Dracula. <laughs> <Dragula! laughs> I love that fucking song, dude. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's going to wrap it up on this. I'm rock so excited and roll. to record. This God damn episode. it! I just remembered. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up before Ruben and Josh's head explode. Uh, fucking you... like
1: us, rate us, yeah. Patreon, yeah, 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 Facebook, yeah, 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 you know it all. Listen to the weekly one. Fuck off. We, we, yeah. we get to the fucking thing.
0: All right, the episode that they're excited about you'll hear in three weeks. So, Shit! They yeah. We're
1: way off on that, right? I know,
0: yeah. You're yeah, excited yeah. as fuck. You
1: guys, you're going to hear it later. You have to
0: wait. We're, we're recording it right now, but you have to wait. But we're going to go do it right now. All right, we're going to sign off. So you guys, you have a great week. Bye. Be good to yourselves. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Bye.